Hey, what's up there, Spazolas? It's Dr. Drill on this beautiful evening. A little bit chilly, 54 degrees, not too shabby for April 2nd, 2020. I spent the better part of the afternoon at the office from about 2 p.m. onward. Wasn't shit going on this morning, but... I had some patients this afternoon, some patients who are in pain sufficient to uh, bring them out of their homes or workplaces in order to receive emergency chiropractic care. Been very interesting to say the least, uh, just for posterity's sake, I'll tell you what I've seen on the uh, on the news bulletins so <clears throat> yesterday there was a of course there's a daily briefing from the White House and the public health staff Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci whose names we will remember of course all these individuals that are involved we're going to remember the high-profile individuals because they're helping to guide us through this pandemic. So Trump is up there with his public health staff and the rest of the crew, and they're declaring that this could get really dicey these next couple weeks and next month. We've got a social distancing regimen that is mandated for another 30 days because of the projections that we have that are based off of what has occurred in places like Italy or whatever. So we can follow this graphically with the reporting. Going all the way back to China, of course, there's been some uh, conjecture, if that's the correct term, some speculation that China is not correctly reporting their information. I don't know why they would do that necessarily, but if that's the case, we all need to get on the same global um, sheet of music so that, you know, there's no confusion. Uh, Lives are at stake here, and try to avoid any nonsense, you know. There are already people who are suggesting that China, this is a deliberate effort on China's behalf to try to... uh, spoil the Western world and uh, declare the strongest economy and the strongest country in the in all the world and so on and so forth that they unleash this deliberately and I've said I don't think it's probable and I've read some accounts that suggest it's that was not the case but who knows in this crazy world You know, just when you think that you are sufficiently naive to kind of, all right, you know, the world is the world and this is the way things go. New text message from Milo. This is the way things go. My buddy Bob there chiming in. Things have grown a little bit tense between us uh, here and there because disagreements about this thing, but I love the guy. 
tempers are flaring and everybody's trying to make sense of this. It's interesting the way people react to this whole thing, of course. So as I was saying, um, there's the bulletin. The bulletin came out that suggests that this could be between 100 and 250,000 deaths as a result of this pandemic. 100,000 deaths if we do our social distancing and everybody stays home, essentially. I don't know how well we're going to be able to do that. I mean, for the most part, that has happened. Now, I'm out right now. I consider myself, you know, I'm essential personnel. It's not not by my declaration, but by a declaration from the governor and from my state associations saying that we are correct in maintaining business hours to serve people who are particularly needy. So patients with week to week that they have big time structural issues and I render physical medicine to keep them functional. I have some essential personnel who are, um, they have a different point of view on this whole thing, but just by virtue of their having to continue their work. I have some postal workers who are out there that are standing at desks all day long at the counter and trying to, you know, the mail always keeps going, right? Well, that's no bullshit. They're out there, they're doing their jobs, they're showing up to work. They put plexiglass counters up for mail carriers. I just got a call before I left the office, which I thought was going to be a cancellation. It was actually a schedule for um, ASAP because this individual is a grocery worker. And so there's a lot of people out there that they are still out to work. They're not laid off. The expectation is that they stay there and that they do their jobs and they get paid and who knows, maybe there'll be some sort of incentive to sweeten the pot. Maybe not. And, you know, there's people out there, if you're going to the grocery store, there's got to be somebody, since we don't have all these tests out in circulation, we don't know whether or not people are carriers out there. So if you're a grocery store worker, I could almost guarantee... I would bet, at least, that you're going to be somebody out there who is a silent carrier of this critter. And people are out there. I was in Tractor Supply today. They're walking through the store, operating with no masks, maybe gloves. And then you get information coming in. Should we be wearing gloves? Should everybody be wearing masks? And I believe that the only thing that's preventing the public health powers that be from saying everybody should be wearing a mask right now is the fact that there's poor availability of masks. In fact, they're saying, well, don't take it, you know, make sure that, you know, you don't uh, take a mask away from a first responder. Well, I think everybody can agree with that, but... It's kind of every man and woman for themselves, right? Right? 
at this point, it feels, I mean, there's a sentiment out there we need to protect our most vulnerable, and the healthcare workers are among that, but it's crazy, man. This is fucking the nuttiest time that I've ever lived on this earth, and regardless of all the stories that I can uh, conjure up from back in the Marine Corps day or cool things that happened over time, nothing has ever happened like this. I mean, this is remarkable. This is absolutely crazy. It's a Thursday night at almost 7 p.m., and I'm heading home, and there's not a car on the road. So, at least in my community, by this time of night, everybody's at home. Cleansing themselves and considering what they might have going for the rest of the day and the week. Very, very interesting. So, we had that bulletin that came out yesterday... The Daily Talk forecast that there could be some frickin' significant deaths here. It's not all old people. I saw, like, a kind of a higher-profile individual. We got Wynton Mars, the oldest Marsalis, uh, jazz pianist or whatever. <clears throat> he died. Maybe he was an old man, but he died. A couple nurses, doctors various healthcare providers, uh, actors, musicians. This isn't, and they're not all old-timers, so that's interesting. weekend's coming up, and I don't know what the fuck we're going to do, tomorrow's Friday, I'm going in, I got patients on the schedule that probably got text messages, and only a couple of them seem to have canceled their appointments, so I'm going to be in for a 9 a.m., I'm sure that there's going to be very few people actually making their appointments, and I understand that. Over the past several days, I have been, I applied for unemployment. I'm seeing maybe 10 visits a week. So, that's not good. I'm applying for some sort of disaster fund, like 10 grand or something, to help get me through a couple months here. And then there's something else, COVID CARES or whatever program that it's going to supposedly help pay payroll. I'm thinking of better times. Oh, this is interesting. I don't know if anybody saw this. There's a guy in, in L.A. that took a train, a train engineer. I hope this wasn't a spoof, like The Onion or something. A train engineer drives his freaking... He's the driver of the train. Like Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. He drives his train off the tracks because that hospital ship, the Comfort, I believe, 
pulled into the harbor and he didn't think it was there because of what people were saying. He thought it was, I don't know, some sort of conspiracy. He thought it was, thinks it's a bunch of bullshit and whatever the guy's deal is, he obviously blew his stack and tried to crash his train into a hospital ship. I don't know if he thought it was some sort of like uh, Trojan horse or something like that. Who knows? That happened. I saw an article that somebody just posted. Uh, I guess Trump tonight said something about where all these masks and and uh, gloves going. I think that who knows? It might be the nurses and doctors that are taking them and selling them on the black market but the press needs to look into it because they're putting pressure on him like where's our supplies you know where's our respirators where's our whatever here we are you know what's interesting if there's any truth to any of this shit which there you know there seems to be but it's hard to parse truth from fiction in this crazy fucking COVID days if there's any truth to, you know, this lack of supplies and shit, here we, you know, we hear things, mutterings of how your average American uh, taxpayer can't afford a unexpected expense of $400 and could not pay their bills for if they are out of work for a period of a month or more, something like that. You know, we've all heard this stuff. Like, we don't have a lot of savings. And I think that there's some truth to that. I think that a lot of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, despite our living in one of the most um, fruitful times, supposedly. One of the best times to be alive, right? Science, technology, uh, a lot at our fingertips. Yet there are parts of our world that don't have it as good. But, I mean, it seems... My life is pretty good. You know? Just one individual. But I feel like your average American has it pretty good. You know, they're always talking about going out and getting getting a bite to eat or heading to the Eagles game or whatever. <clears throat> so... If they don't have a disposable income, they sure act like it. That's part of the problem, I'm sure. It's for another discussion. For another time. But... <laughs> my first cancellation for tomorrow. So, um, my point is this. If your average individual can't afford an unexpected expense of $400... That sounds like irresponsibility, but our government is not prepared for the contingency of a pandemic. I mean, to the degree that you could be prepared for something nutty like this, right?
but our government doesn't have fucking enough masks and rubber gloves and respirators and ICUs and logistics. We're not prepared for this contingency. Like, that is a responsibility on a fucking national level. Now, I'm sure there's a lot that your average individual, myself, can't comprehend about what it means to be prepared for this thing or how many gloves and masks are gone through or whatever. But in the time of Amazon, where you could, a month ago, order a a fucking whatever gadget you wanted, a cell phone cord, a, um, you know, your favorite toiletry, uh, whatever you wanted, you name it, a month or two ago, you could order whatever the fuck you wanted, you would have that dropped off on your doorstep in a day or two, maximum a week, we've all done it. So, how is it that we don't have things like rubber gloves? I I can only assume that logistically what's happening is that the supply of these items that were unforeseen in places like China, which has got billions of people, right? However many billion people live in China, they needed all these supplies in order to get through their shit. And then the rest of that part of the world, and now Europe, and the United States. I mean, I just, today I saw four patients. I ripped a couple pairs of gloves. They weren't my size. But, they were a little tight, but still. This shit don't last forever, right? We all know that. Ideally, you could change your gloves with every with every procedure, and see every patient. <clears throat> so, obviously, that's not happening right now. But you know, I, I imagine you can go through however many doctors, this many hours in a workday, per shift, this many patients seen how many times you change your your mask and gloves, obviously that's got to be many times. Now, when you got bombarded by all these sick people and the paranoia about being clean in a, when you're being bombarded with people with a runaway pandemic, I'm sure that you can go through a shitload of, of equipment. But holy moly, man. It's almost like you can't you can't judge the poor slobs of the world for not being prepared for this. The taxpayer who busts their ass and you know just wants to provide for their family and come home and you know have a roof over the head, have the basic necessities of life and in our society, then some. How about this? Their quality of life. We all want to maintain our quality of life. Now, some people, dare I say most people in the Western world, we go a little bit far with that. 
we want too big of a house, we want a, a car might be a little bit beyond our reach, but we commute, so okay, we should have a nice car. We want nice clothing, we want to shop on Amazon. As I've said in previous podcasts, we are obviously a consumer culture. But these motherfuckers, people that are running the world, the government, governments, you know, societies, that they couldn't see this coming and couldn't or couldn't have a res- launch a response that was like, like we're having to now, this is, needs to be like a wartime response. The thing is, though, you can't say, you don't have like an Adolf Hitler to point the finger at. You don't have somebody, a human, to say, that villain right there, we gotta, everybody hit the friggin' manufacturing plants right now, Rosie the Riveter, friggin' suit up, we're making bombs, you know, we're gonna destroy this enemy. Because these critters, man, they're fucking everywhere. And this is just happens to be an outlaw critter. The other ones don't bother us. They might even eat the bad critters. Before this whole thing dropped, uh, you know, I had received quite, I've done quite a bit, quite a bit of studying on uh, the microbial world, and I've talked a little bit in the past about how we have these communities of microbes that live on us, different microbes, you know, countless microbes that are living in our armpit versus our groin versus our anus hole versus the back of our head and our friggin' eyelids. And there's, we're, we're like a, uh, an ecosystem for microbes and the world is, they found microbes that feed off of the thermal vents in the deepest parts of the ocean. I mean, there is a lot of, of these there's a whole world out there that we have no clue about because we've been focusing on us. But these entities, they they exist. They're here. And we have to be aware of them. And they're not a villain that we can just bring to justice, unfortunately. So what's happening now is you're seeing... There's a lot of people that are pissed off. I've talked to some people uh, recently that are still uh, falling for the old banana in the tailpipe, blaming our politicians, whether it's Trump, whether it's this uh, particular mayor, or you know, even this guy Fauci has been getting death threats because people think that he's trying to end the world or something, or he's deliberately trying to tank our economy or something like that. There's some real fucking idiots out there. People that just, they, if they read, they can't comprehend. There's a lot of them, unfortunately. You know, human beings are, as they said in the Matrix, the villain in the Matrix. We're kind of a virus, you know. And as I've said before, we've got a big-ass footprint virally on this world, on this earth. We plug into the earth and sap it of its resources and try to produce, produce, produce. And you can't extract finite resources from, or uh, 
you can't rather you can't extract infinite resources from a finite planet. We should all be thinking about that. So the question is that I'll end on, is this going to change the world? And one of the cool one of the most interesting articles that I've read lately is said, you know, all this productivity uh, that people are turning to. So we can't go outside, we can't go to our our work for the most part. So what are people doing? They're cleaning the house 10,000 times. They are playing board games. They're cooking. They're baking bread. They're um, doing home improvement shit. They're writing. They're trying to work on their resume. They're doing all kinds of things that make sense, that are worthwhile, but it's, it's like a nervous habit. You're doing this thinking that you can, you're just going to, by the when I emerge from the COVID-19, I'm going to have written a book or I'm going to have written a manifesto or whatever the fuck, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to get in the best shape, shape of my life. And I'm going to be running a 300 PFT and, um, all my problems are going to be solved. It, it is a nervous habit. And this article was talking about how, you know, this, I guess the individual, the author, the author had written, a, um, was very prolific, done all this research, worked in areas that were uh, war-torn and uh, famine, uh, poverty-stricken areas, and it's familiar with all this shit, familiar with a lot of things that most of us are ignorant to. So, she's saying, speaking from experience, calm down, focus on your health, focus on your your physical and mental well-being. Focus on um, finding your routine and prioritizing about the things that really matter. And don't beat yourself up if you don't create your entire manifesto or write your book or solve the world's problems inside of a few months that we are cooped up for because it's unrealistic and it's going to drive you fucking crazy. Very, very interesting. But I think we're all like this, but I, as an empath, my, I, my heart, not, not just stroking my dick here, I got a big heart. It goes out for a lot of people. Some people that I don't think necessarily deserve it sometimes, and I get pissed at myself for trying to be so caring and reasonable and being there for people who don't always appreciate it or deserve it whether it's my responsibility to judge within my power to judge or whatever. But I think we, at this point in time, we need to try to understand this as best as we possibly can and try to, you know, cooler heads prevail, assume that kind of approach, taking in what other people have to say and their feelings and the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. I feel like a veritable antenna for what people are going through, you know. My friends that are first responders that are out there working as essential personnel, the soccer moms and dads who are at home with their laptops uh, assembled on the dining room table, all the people that are dotting the landscape 
in our society living however they live, whether they're out there, that nurse who is uh, going on daily rants about how we're understaffed and undersupplied and I don't want to be necessarily a central provider and be happy home with my family to people who are, um, you know, still have their jobs and, and, uh, or people who are filing for unemployment and who's, uh, trying to come to terms with their livelihood being stripped away from them. There's going to be a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and it's like, it's to the point now where, holy shit, what the hell is going on, you know? But what's unique, as I've said this before, and it's obvious, everybody's in a similar boat. Everyone. No one is immune to this sort of thing unless you've had it. And we're reluctant to let everybody have it because... It could kill you or it could kill somebody you care about. And it could devastate our society. So this is happening and it feels like fiction. I got a friend who is so happy, you know, reading up, you know, taking courses, uh, using this as a growth opportunity. And it's almost like, wow, that's great. You know, I'm glad that you're really making the best of your time, but... I guess to hell with everybody else, you know, everybody who's kind of sort of panicking because they have skin in the game. So that's the thing, when people don't talk about empathy, um, everybody, I think that you think about the, um, the analogy of there's, God forbid, there's something happening on our flight and the oxygen masks drop down. They say to help yourself before you help somebody else. Help yourself before you help your kids, let's say. Because then you will be able to provide for them. You'll be able to save their lives because you will be healthy. You'll have oxygen with which to breathe. I think that there's a lot of that happening. It doesn't make you a bad person to think first about your needs, about the resources that you require, about how this is going to change your life. But soon after, you should be thinking about other people and how this is going to affect the whole wide world. Think about that pizza parlor that, you know, or that restaurant that had to close its doors because they couldn't have people assembling or the, the mall or the business, you know, down the street and what they're going to do. This is their dream, their, their livelihood. And now that's been stripped away, at least temporarily. And what are things going to be like when the smoke clears? What does that look like? You know, people are saying, using this phrase, this is interesting, and I could do a whole podcast on this, I, I feel. Um, people are saying, stay safe. The little, the little um, isms, little, you know, taglines that people are signing off their emails with. Stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. It's true. It's very direct. And, you know, obviously we need to give that 
the language it's due in that respect. It's getting right at the issue. We all need to stay healthy and stay safe. I hope you and your family stay safe. As if there's some uh, robber or you know uh, a serial killer on the loose. Stay safe. Watch your back. Stay healthy. Because there's a probability that you might not be able to, you know? Then you have bigger bigger problems, bigger fish to fry, right? So that's interesting, the way people are using that, choosing that language. Stay safe. Reminds me when I was in the Marines in boot camp. As you're coming, cycling through, there's three phases, right? And when you're in first phase, you don't know shit. You're not spit and polished. You're not... Um, knowledgeable, you're not in shape, you're not wise, you haven't adapted to the stressful environment yet. And as you go through the chow hall for your three daily squares, the other recruits are there. And the second phase recruits always have to do a um, rotation in the mess hall. And so they're behind the mess hall the line in the mess hall, ladling out your grit, your um, cream beef onto your eggs or uh, filling up the, the milk boxes inside the, mil- the dispensers or resupplying, you know, doing washing dishes, working in the scullery, scullery, washing pots, scrubbing pots and shit. And when you come through that chow hall, they say, Stay motivated, recruit. And it was kind of like what um, you would imagine uh, in being in a concentration camp was kind of like where people had been there before you and they were trying to give you a little bit of calm in the storm, a little bit of solace, something, a shield, some hope against the uh, a bad situation. Stay motivated, recruit. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And that's kind of like what we're doing now, trying to offer some moral support. Yes, we will get through this. You can imagine a similar thing, and I'm not saying that hopefully it's not of that magnitude, but World War II, I'd read that some of those places that were bombed out, like London got fucking crazy bombed out, parts of London, and by the Nazis, and... There are people that would write today that were kids or whatever when that happened, and they were living in those communities. They kind of missed those times because it was a time that brought everyone together. Or the days after 9-11. Yes, it sucked. Yes, we're all watching our back, um, wondering what was going to happen to the world if you could blow up in a skyscraper in the greatest city uh, around the world. Then... You know, what was going to happen? Was life going to go on? And so people were kind to one another, and we held up firefighters and first responders and ordinary people did extraordinary things and helped people, carried them out of the wreckage. Canine dogs scurried through the friggin' mangled I-beams and concrete and crap. And people that helped ran to the... um, ran to the rescue of the ashes would later get cancer. And I remember just seeing John Stewart uh, do some sort of, you know, he was speaking before 
a congressional committee, uh, like in a court type, type situation, lobbying for relief or for people to get some sort of um, funding for their wounds sustained it, sustained as a result of 9-11, the ashes, the chemicals, whatever it was that was fucking putting a hurting on people because it's still affecting them many years later, you know, 20 years later. And so now COVID-19, this is not a man-made thing as far as we have heard. The best evidence to does not point to that. Now, it is man-made in that if these motherfuckers are eating pangolins and shit over there and bats and such, and that's not a good idea because that's how this critter supposedly arose from the wet markets over there. Fucking grinding up rhino horns to make our dick hard and shit. Is that just a stereotype or is that real? You know? So very interesting a lot of thoughts that are going through my mind. But think about that phrasing, stay safe. All right, stay stay motivated, recruit. You're going to get through this. Stay safe. Don't get the coronavirus. Uh, fucking uh, ring around the rosy pocket full of posy ashes, ashes. We all fall down. <laughs> Don't get the smallpox. Don't get fucking bubonic plague. Similar shit's at work, and as I sit in my driveway on my lot that's almost a half acre with my automatic garage door opener in hand, looking down into the valley from this hill, and I think about all the work that I've put in trying to become educated, to be well-employed, to run my business, to serve people, to make a good living. I think about how this is going to affect our society. Yes, my life. What kind of life are my kids going to have going forward? What is society going to be like? Are they going to have to are they going to have the same opportunities as we did? You know, are we going to have are we all going to take to the streets when this is when this blows over? Are we come up with a uh, with a vaccine or treatments or whatever we're finally going to win this battle against the critters we're going to emerge stronger smarter more appreciative and we're going to take the streets and have a big bash have a big party the war's over having seen some major world events come and go and thinking about Names like the Great Depression and uh, the plague and various war, the world wars and all that shit. Everything comes to an end. What will we have learned when this is passed? What's going to happen? All the little days and all the little minutes as they, as they tick by in our man-made cycle of time we're going to stop judging for the time being our lives our society by the progress that we've made in terms of whatever dollars taken in vacations gone on new cars 
new outfits, restaurant, dining. Our society is going to be about something else, going to be about staying safe and staying healthy. So I don't like the nomenclature. I don't like the language, stay healthy, stay safe. It sounds so vague. We need to come up with something better, but it's all we got for now. So stay safe. Hey, what's up there, Spazolas? It's Dr. Drill on this beautiful evening. A little bit chilly, 54 degrees, not too shabby for April 2nd, 2020. I spent the better part of the afternoon at the office from about 2 p.m. onward. Wasn't shit going on this morning, but... I had some patients this afternoon, some patients who are in pain sufficient to uh, bring them out of their homes or workplaces in order to receive emergency chiropractic care. Been very interesting to say the least, Uh, just for posterity's sake, I'll tell you what I've seen on the uh, on the news bulletins so <clears throat> yesterday there was a of course there's a daily briefing from the White House and the public health staff Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci whose names we will remember of course all these individuals that are involved we're going to remember the high-profile individuals because they're helping to guide us through this pandemic. So Trump is up there with his public health staff and the rest of the crew, and they're declaring that this could get really dicey these next couple weeks and next month. We've got a social distancing regimen that is mandated for another 30 days because of the projections that we have that are based off of what has occurred in places like Italy or whatever. So we can follow this graphically with the reporting. Going all the way back to China, of course, there's been some uh, conjecture, if that's the correct term, some speculation that China is not correctly reporting their information. I don't know why they would do that necessarily, but if that's the case, we all need to get on the same global um, sheet of music so that, you know, there's no confusion. Uh, Lives are at stake here, and try to avoid any nonsense, you know. There are already people who are suggesting that China, this is a deliberate effort on China's behalf to try to... uh, spoil the Western world and declare the strongest economy and the strongest country in in all the world and so on and so forth that they unleash this deliberately and I've said I don't think it's probable and I've read some accounts that suggest that was not the case but who knows 
in this crazy world. You know, just when you think that you are sufficiently naive to kind of, all right, you know, the world is the world and this is the way things go. New text message from Milo. This is the way things go. My buddy Bob there chiming in. Things have grown a little bit tense between us uh, here and there because disagreements about this thing, but I love the guy. Tempers are flaring and everybody's trying to make sense of this. It's interesting the way people react to this whole thing, of course. So as I was saying, there's the bulletin. The bulletin came out that suggests that this could be between 100 and 250,000 deaths as a result of this pandemic. 100,000 deaths if we do our social distancing and everybody stays home, essentially. I don't know how well we're going to be able to do that. I mean, for the most part, that has happened. Now, I'm out right now. I consider myself, you know, I'm essential personnel. It's not not by my declaration, but by a declaration from the governor and from my state associations saying that we are correct in maintaining business hours to serve people who are particularly needy. So patients with week to week that they have big time structural issues and I render physical medicine to keep them functional. I have some essential personnel who are, um, they have a different point of view on this whole thing. But just by virtue of their having to continue their work. I have some postal workers who are out there that are standing at desks all day long at the counter and trying to, you know, the mail always keeps going, right? Well, that's no bullshit. They're out there, they're doing their jobs, they're showing up to work. They put plexiglass counters up for mail carriers. I just got a call before I left the office, which I thought was going to be a cancellation. It was actually a schedule for um, ASAP because this individual is a grocery worker. And so... There's a lot of people out there that they are still out to work. They're not laid off. The expectation is that they stay there and that they do their jobs and they get paid. And who knows, maybe there'll be some sort of incentive to sweeten the pot. Maybe not. And, you know, there's people out there, if you're going to the grocery store, there's got to be somebody since we don't have all these tests out in circulation. We don't know whether or not people are carriers out there. So if you're a grocery store worker, I could almost guarantee, I would bet at least, that you're going to be somebody out there who is a silent carrier of this critter. And people are out there. I was in tractor supply today. They're walking through the store operating with no masks, maybe gloves, and... Then you get information coming in. Should we be wearing gloves? Should everybody be wearing masks? And I believe that the only thing that's preventing the public health powers that be from saying everybody should be wearing a mask right now 
is the fact that there's poor availability of masks. In fact, they're saying, well, don't take it, you know, make sure that, you know, you don't uh, take a mask away from a first responder. Well, I think everybody can agree with that, but... It's kind of every man and woman for themselves, right? At this point, it feels... I mean, there's a sentiment out there we need to protect our most vulnerable, and the healthcare workers are among that, but... It's crazy, man. This is fucking the nuttiest time that I've ever lived on this earth. And regardless of all the stories that I can uh, conjure up from back in the Marine Corps day or cool things that happen over time, nothing has ever happened like this. I mean, this is remarkable. This is absolutely crazy. It's a Thursday night at almost 7 p.m., and I'm heading home, and there's not a car on the road. So, at least in my community, by this time of night, everybody's at home. Cleansing themselves and considering what they might have going for the rest of the day and the week. Very, very interesting. So, we had that bulletin that came out yesterday, the Daily Talk, forecast that there could be some freaking significant deaths here. It's not all old people. I saw, like, a kind of a higher-profile individual. We got Wynton Marsalis, the oldest Marsalis, uh, jazz pianist or whatever. <clears throat> he died. Maybe he was an old man, but he died couple nurses, doctors, various healthcare providers, uh, actors, musicians. This isn't, and they're not all old timers. So that's interesting. weekend's coming up, and I don't know what the fuck we're going to do, tomorrow's Friday, I'm going in, I got patients on the schedule that probably got text messages, and only a couple of them seem to have canceled their appointments, so I'm going to be in for a 9 a.m., I'm sure that there's going to be very few people actually making their appointments, and I understand that. Over the past several days, I have been, I applied for unemployment. I'm seeing maybe 10 visits a week. So, that's not good. I'm applying for some sort of disaster fund, like 10 grand or something, to help get me through a couple months here. And then there's something else, COVID cares or whatever program that it's going to supposedly help pay payroll. I'm thinking of better times. Oh, this is interesting. 
I don't know if anybody saw this. There's a guy in in L.A. that took a train, a train engineer. I hope this wasn't a spoof, like The Onion or something. A train engineer drives his freaking... He's the driver of the train, like Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. He drives his train off the tracks because that hospital ship, the Comfort, I believe, pulled into the harbor, and he didn't think it was there because of what people were saying. He thought it was, I don't know, some sort of conspiracy. He thought it was, thinks it's a bunch of bullshit, and whatever the guy's deal is, he obviously blew his stack and tried to crash his train into a hospital ship. I don't know if he thought it was some sort of like Trojan horse or something like that. Who knows? That happened. I saw an article somebody just posted. Uh, I guess Trump tonight said something about where all these masks and and uh, gloves going. I think that it, who knows? It might be the nurses and doctors that are taking them and selling them on the black market. But the press needs to look into it. Because they're putting pressure on him. Like, where's our supplies, you know? Where's our respirators? Where's our whatever? Here we are. You know what's interesting? If there's any truth to any of this shit, which there, you know, there seems to be, but it's hard to parse truth from fiction in this crazy fucking COVID days. But if there's any truth to, you know, this lack of supplies and shit, here we... You know, we hear things, mutterings of how your average American uh, taxpayer can't afford a unexpected expense of $400 and could not pay their bills for if they are out of work for a period of a month or more. Something like that. You know, we've all heard this stuff. Like, we don't have a lot of savings. And I think that there's some truth to that. I think that... A lot of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, despite our living in one of the most um, fruitful times, supposedly. One of the best times to be alive, right? Science, technology, uh, a lot at our fingertips. Yet there are parts of our world that don't have it as good. But I mean, it seems my life is pretty good. You know, just one individual, but I feel like your average American has it pretty good. You know, they're always talking about going out and getting getting a bite to eat or heading to the Eagles game or whatever. <clears throat> so, if they don't have a disposable income, they sure act like it. That's part of the problem, I'm sure. It's for another discussion, for another time. But <laughs> my first cancellation for tomorrow. So um, my point is this: if your average individual can't afford an unexpected expense of four hundred dollars, 
that sounds like irresponsibility, but our government is not prepared for the contingency of a pandemic. I mean, to the degree that you could be prepared for something nutty like this, right? But our government doesn't have fucking enough masks and rubber gloves and respirators and ICUs and logistics. We're not prepared for this contingency. Like, that is a responsibility on a fucking national level. Now, I'm sure there's a lot that your average individual, myself, can't comprehend about what it means to be prepared for this thing or how many gloves and masks are gone through or whatever but in the time of Amazon where you could a month ago order a a fucking whatever gadget you wanted, a cell phone cord a um you know, your favorite toiletry, uh, whatever you wanted, you name it. A month or two ago, you could order whatever the fuck you wanted. You would have that dropped off on your doorstep in a day or two, maximum a week. We've all done it. So how is it that we don't have things like rubber gloves? I can only assume that logistically what's happening is that the supply of these items that were unforeseen in places like China, which has got billions of people, right? however many billion people live in China, they needed all these supplies in order to get through their shit. And then the rest of that part of the world, and now Europe and the United States. I mean, I just, today I saw four patients. I ripped a couple pairs of gloves. They weren't my size. But, they were a little tight, but still, this shit don't last forever, right? We all know that. Ideally, you could change your gloves with with every procedure and see every patient. so obviously that's not happening right now but you know I I imagine you can go through however many doctors this many hours in a work day per shift this many patients seen how many times you change your your mask and gloves obviously that's got to be many times now when you got bombarded by all these sick people and the paranoia about being clean in a when you're being bombarded with people with a runaway pandemic I'm sure that you can go through a shitload of, of equipment but holy moly man it's almost like you can't you can't judge the poor slobs of the world for not being prepared for this. The taxpayer who busts their ass 
and, you know, just wants to provide for their family and come home and, you know, have a roof over the head, have the basic necessities of life and in our society, then some, you know, how about this, their quality of life. We all want to maintain our quality of life. Now, some people, dare I say most people in the Western world, we go a little bit far with that. We want too big of a house. We want a, a car might be a little bit beyond our reach. But we commute, so okay, we should have a nice car. We want nice clothing. We want to shop on Amazon. As I've said in previous podcasts, we are obviously a consumer culture. But these motherfuckers... people that are running the world, the government, governments, you know, societies, that they couldn't see this coming and couldn't or couldn't have a res- launch a response that was like, like we're having to now, this is needs to be like a wartime response. The thing is though, you can't say, you don't have like an Adolf Hitler to point the finger at. You don't have somebody a human to say, that villain right there, we gotta, everybody hit the friggin' manufacturing plants right now, Rosie the Riveter, friggin' suit up, we're making bombs, you know, we're gonna destroy this enemy, because these critters, man, they're fucking everywhere, and this is just, happens to be an outlaw critter, the other ones don't bother us, they might even eat the bad critters, Before this whole thing dropped, uh, you know, I had received quite, I've done quite a bit, quite a bit of studying on uh, the microbial world, and I've talked a little bit in the past about how we have these communities of microbes that live on us, different microbes, you know, countless microbes that are living in our armpit versus our groin versus our anus hole versus the back of our head and our friggin' eyelids and. There's, we're, we're like a, uh, an ecosystem for microbes, and the world is. They found microbes that feed off of the thermal vents in the deepest parts of the ocean. I mean, there is a lot of, of these. There's a whole world out there that we have no clue about because we've been focusing on us. But these entities, they, they exist. They're here. And... We have to be aware of them, and they're not a villain that we can just bring to justice, unfortunately. So, what's happening now is you're seeing, there's a lot of people that are pissed off. I've talked to some people uh, recently that are still uh, falling for the old banana in the tailpipe, blaming our politicians, whether it's Trump, whether it's this uh, particular mayor, or, you know, even this guy, Fauci, has been getting death threats because people think that he's trying to end the world or something, or he's deliberately trying to tank our economy or something like that. There's some real fucking idiots out there. People that just, they, if they read, they can't comprehend. There's a lot of them, unfortunately. You know, human beings are 
as they said in the Matrix, the villain in the Matrix, we're kind of a virus, you know. And as I've said before, we've got a big-ass footprint virally on this world, on this earth. We plug into the earth and sap it of its resources and try to produce, produce, produce. And you can't extract finite resources from, or uh, you can't, rather, you can't extract infinite resources from a finite planet. We should all be thinking about that. So the question is that I'll end on, is this going to change the world? And one of the cool, one of the most interesting articles that I've read lately is said, you know, all this productivity uh, that people are turning to. So we can't go outside, we can't go to our our work for the most part. So what are people doing? They're cleaning the house 10,000 times. They are playing board games. They're cooking. They're baking bread. They're um, doing home improvement shit. They're writing. They're trying to work on their resume. They're doing all kinds of things that make sense, that are worthwhile, but it's, it's like a nervous habit. You're doing this thinking that you can, you're just going to, by the, when I emerge from the COVID-19, I'm going to have written a book or I'm going to have written a manifesto or whatever the fuck, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to get in the best shape, shape of my life and I'm going to be running a 300 PFT and, um, all my problems are going to be solved. It, it is a nervous habit. And this article was talking about how, you know, this, I guess the individual, the author, the author had written, a bit, um, was very prolific, done all this research, worked in areas that were to, uh, war torn and, uh, famine, uh, poverty stricken areas. And it's familiar with all this shit familiar with a lot of things that most of us are are ignorant to. So, <clears throat> she's saying, speaking from experience, calm down, focus on your health, focus on your, your physical and mental well-being, focus on um, finding your routine and prioritizing about the things that really matter and don't beat yourself up if you don't create your entire manifesto or write your book or solve the world's problems inside of a few months that we are cooped up for because it's unrealistic and it's going to drive you fucking crazy. Very, very interesting. But I think we're all like this, but I, as an empath, my, I, my heart, I'm not, I'm not just stroking my dick here, I got a big heart. It goes out for a lot of people. Some people that I don't think necessarily deserve it sometimes. And I get pissed at myself for trying to be so caring and reasonable and being there for people who don't always appreciate it or deserve it. Whether it's my responsibility to judge within my power to judge or whatever. But... I think we, at this point in time, we need to try to understand this as best as we possibly can and try to, you know, cooler heads prevail, assume that kind of approach. Taking in what other people have to say and their feelings and the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. 
I feel like a veritable antenna for what people are going through, you know. My friends that are first responders that are out there working as essential personnel, the soccer moms and dads who are at home with their laptops uh, assembled on the dining room table, all the people that are dotting the landscape in our society, living however they live, whether they're out there, that nurse who is uh, going on daily rants about how we're understaffed and under-supplied and I don't want to be necessarily a central provider. I'd be happy home with my family. Two people who are, um, you know, still have their jobs and, and uh, or people who are filing for unemployment and who's uh, trying to come to terms with their livelihood being stripped away from them. There's going to be a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. And it's like, it's to the point now where, holy shit, what the hell is going on, you know? But what's unique, as I've said this before, and it's obvious, everybody's in a similar boat. Everyone. No one is immune to this sort of thing unless you've had it. And we're reluctant to let everybody have it because... It could kill you or it could kill somebody you care about. And it could devastate our society. So this is happening and it feels like fiction. I got a friend who is so happy, you know, reading up, you know, taking courses, uh, using this as a growth opportunity. And it's almost like, wow, that's great. You know, I'm glad that you're really making the best of your time, but... I guess to hell with everybody else, you know, everybody who's kind of sort of panicking because they have skin in the game. So that's the thing, when people don't talk about empathy, um, everybody, I think that you think about the, um, the analogy of there's, God forbid, there's something happening on our flight and the oxygen masks drop down. They say to help yourself before you help somebody else. Help yourself before you help your kids, let's say. Because then you will be able to provide for them. You'll be able to save their lives because you will be healthy. You'll have oxygen with which to breathe. I think that there's a lot of that happening. It doesn't make you a bad person to think first about your needs, about the resources that you require, about how this is going to change your life. But soon after, you should be thinking about other people and how this is going to affect the whole wide world. Think about that pizza parlor that, you know, or that restaurant that had to close its doors because they couldn't have people assembling or the, the mall or the business, you know, down the street and what they're going to do. This is their dream, their, their livelihood. And now... That's been stripped away, at least temporarily. And what are things going to be like when the smoke clears? What does that look like? You know, people are saying, 
using this phrase. This is interesting, and I could do a whole podcast on this, I, I feel. Uh, people are saying, stay safe. The little, the little um, isms, little, you know, taglines that people are signing off their emails with. Stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. It's true, but it's very direct, and, you know, obviously we need to give that the language it's due in that respect. It's getting right at the issue. We all need to stay healthy and stay safe. I hope you and your family stay safe. As if there's some um, robber or, you know, uh, a serial killer on the loose. Stay safe. Watch your back. Stay healthy. Because there's a probability that you might not be able to, you know. Then you have bigger bigger problems, bigger fish to fry, right? So that's interesting, the way people are using that, choosing that language. Stay safe. Reminds me when I was in the Marines in boot camp. As you're coming, cycling through, there's three phases, right? And when you're in first phase, you don't know shit. You're not spit and polished. You're not... Um, knowledgeable, you're not in shape, you're not wise, you haven't adapted to the stressful environment yet. And as you go through the chow hall for your three daily squares, the other recruits are there. And the second phase recruits always have to do a um, rotation in the mess hall. And so they're behind the mess hall or the line in the mess hall, ladling out your grit, your um, cream beef onto your eggs, or uh, filling up the the milk boxes inside the mil- the dispensers, or resupplying, you know, doing washing dishes, working in the scullery, scullery washing pots, scrubbing pots and shit. And when you come through that chow hall, they say. Stay motivated, recruit. And it was kind of like what you would imagine uh, in being in a concentration camp was kind of like, where people had been there before you and they were trying to give you a little bit of calm in the storm, a little bit of solace, something, a shield, some hope against the, uh, the bad situation. Stay motivated, recruit. Stay safe, stay healthy. And that's kind of like what we're doing now, trying to offer some moral support. Yes, we will get through this. You can imagine a similar thing, and I'm not saying that hopefully it's not of that magnitude, but World War II, I'd read that some of those places that were bombed out, like London got fucking crazy bombed out, parts of London, and by the Nazis, and there are people that would write today that were kids or whatever when that happened and they were living in those communities they kind of missed those times because it was a time that brought everyone together or the days after 9-11 yes it sucked yes we're all watching our back um, wondering what was going to happen to the world if you could blow up in a skyscraper in the greatest city uh, around the world then you know, what was going to happen? Was life going to go on? And so people were kind to one another, and we held up firefighters and first responders and ordinary people did extraordinary things and helped people, carried them out of the wreckage, 
canine dogs scurried through the friggin' mangled I-beams and concrete and crap. And people that helped ran to the, um, ran to the rescue of the ashes would later get cancer. And I remember just seeing John Stewart uh, do some sort of, you know, he was speaking before a congressional committee, uh, like in a court type situation, lobbying for relief or for people to get some sort of um, funding for their wounds sustained sustained as a result of 9-11, the ashes, the chemicals, whatever it was that was fucking putting a hurting on people because it's still affecting them many years later, 20 years later. And so now COVID-19, this is not a man-made thing as far as we have heard. The best evidence does not point to that. Now, it is man-made in that if these motherfuckers are eating pangolins and shit over there and bats and such, and that's not a good idea because that's how this critter supposedly arose from the wet markets over there. Fucking grinding up rhino horns to make our dick hard and shit. Is that just a stereotype or is that real? You know? So very interesting. A lot of thoughts that are going through my mind. But think about that phrasing, stay safe. All right, stay stay motivated, recruit. You're going to get through this. Stay safe. Don't get the coronavirus. Uh, fucking uh, ring around the rosy pocket full of posy ashes, ashes. We all fall down. Ha, ha, ha. Don't get the smallpox. Don't get fucking bubonic plague. Similar shit's at work. And as I sit in my driveway on my lot that's almost a half acre with my automatic garage door opener in hand, looking down into the valley from this hill. And I think about all the work that I've put in, trying to become educated, to be well-employed, to run my business, to serve people, to make a good living. I think about how this is going to affect our society. Yes, my life. What kind of life are my kids going to have going forward? What is society going to be like? Are they going to have to? Are they going to have the same opportunities as we did? You know, are we going to have? Are we all going to take to the streets when this is when this blows over? Or we come up with a uh, with a vaccine or treatments or whatever. We're finally going to win this battle against the critters. We're going to emerge stronger, smarter more appreciative and we're going to take the streets and have a big bash have a big party the war's over having seen some major world events come and go and thinking about names like the great depression and uh, the plague and various war, the world wars and all that shit. Everything comes to an end. What will we have learned when this is passed? 
What's going to happen? All the little days and all the little minutes as they as they tick by in our man-made cycle of time. We're going to stop judging for the time being our lives, our society, by the progress that we've made in terms of whatever. Dollars taken in, vacations gone on, new cars, new outfits, restaurant dining. Our society is going to be about something else, going to be about staying safe and staying healthy. So I don't like the nomenclature. I don't like the language, stay healthy, stay safe. It sounds so vague. We need to come up with something better, but it's all we got for now. So stay safe.